Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Poole. this podcast, we've hacked hundreds of entrepreneurs' hindsight to help you, the listener, with better foresight. Now, guys, if you want to know all about what we can do to help you focus on being you, head over to GetHHM.com. Keep pushing through those ups and downs that we all will have. We're still going to have amazing conversations with amazing people. Hindsight hacking boils down to amazing conversations with some amazing people. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today's episode, we have another visibility queen or online manager or hacker, however we want to talk about, Marie Mack, the one and only. She started her business after flying Black Hawk helicopters for the North Carolina National Guard, which is freaking cool. And she uses her organizational skills and ability to help others get things done while staying home with her most important piece of her life, her two kids. So Marie, I know we're going to talk visibility. We're going to talk events. We're going to talk summits, challenges, and anything else. But first of all, thank you for being on the show. Awesome. I really appreciate it. I am excited about this one because this whole hindsight thing, genius. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I am so excited about the helicopter thing because my day on the job back in high school I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. So we might talk about that at some point, but before we get too far into it, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my business, kind of this transition between Blackhawk helicopter pilot, stay-at-home mom, what do I do with my life sort of thing. And I created First Got to Close, which is my beautiful business, just to be able to stay home with my kids, which is the most important part, use my skills that I learned inside of the military to help people stay organized, stay on track. And then I've modified that a little bit more to helping people with online events. I found that people who want to get visibility love to have events. They love to get on live, but sometimes all the little pieces, the tech pieces that are there, what are the things we're supposed to know? It can get overwhelming. So I just try to make the overwhelming peaceful and not too crazy. And I do a lot with checklists. I do a lot with just making sure that people don't miss the big pieces that are going in there while they have all of the pieces that are going on at the same time. Like, oh, what am I going to say? How am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? So it's kind of where I live and breathe in my life right now. That's awesome. So it, it, obviously you speak into to our hearts. We love the online piece. We we love podcasting specifically. And mm-hmm. anything that we do with podcasting is, you know, it is almost like an event because we we take this show and you'll you'll see lots of little pieces of content come from this show that we'll post online and eventually we'll be on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere, but it all starts kind of right here. And so how do you kind of take some of, you know, the online events and do the same thing and get more use out of it versus that one, one day, if possible. I don't know. Absolutely. Okay. So I am all about, let's reuse our content over and over and over again. I know you guys do the same thing and doing that just means getting out there and being consistent. So if I have to tell anybody like one thing to do to do an online event really well, put it on the calendar, 
create it, and then use the content afterwards. So a lot of times my hosts will go out there, they'll decide to do a challenge. We record everything, whether you do it live, whether you do it recorded, it doesn't matter, but you can use that content over and over and over again. Same thing with podcasts. I'm just talking about doing something really awesome for your business, creating a mini course around it, maybe if you're doing a a challenge there. So I am obsessed with time management. I'm obsessed with getting the most out of the things that you're doing online. I mean, I have two kids running around. I had to lock the door, like seriously, because I have two kids. They're nine and 11. They love it. They want to be close to me. I want to be close to them. So I need to get the most out of the time that I'm doing. So that just means reusing content over and over again. No, it's funny because, you know, my, my wife, we joke all the time that she's the most popular person in the house because it's always mommy this, mommy that, mommy this. Mommy, 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 right? And so I understand the locking the door thing more than you know. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think I want to start talking a little bit about the time management piece because I think entrepreneurs, when they have a job and they go somewhere and it's a job and they work for someone else, it's super easy to calendar and hold yourself accountable because it's someone else's time that's really holding you accountable. When they transition over to, their own time or their own entrepreneurial time. Is that where you see a lot of people start getting tripped up? Absolutely. Because I think when people move from, say, a job, we'll say corporate, because that's a piece that usually people are moving from this corporate world into this entrepreneurial world. And they're so used to having this, okay, I'm going to show up at eight, I'm going to leave at five, and then somebody's going to tell me what I'm going to do inside of here. And if we don't need to get too deep into my educational background. I mean, I homeschool my two kids and there's something with like what we do in schools around that too. Like they're showing up, they're sitting down, they're doing through all of the different things that people are telling them to. And so when they go home and same thing with entrepreneurs, when they're moving from corporate into this entrepreneurial world, home is a place where you're doing projects or you're going to cut the lawn or you're going to go out there and repaint the room. You know, it's something fun that you have and you want to do over to be inside of your, I'm looking because I just moved into a brand new house. I'm like, I need to paint that wall and I want to move this over here. And there are pictures that are not hung. And all of that becomes the thing that you're excited to do because you're home. And so creating a schedule, creating a time management, creating your own flow inside of how you can do a business and then also be really productive at home takes some working. I'll say that when I moved from the army and I was told every single day, like, go here, do this, do that. And then I was staying home with two kids and trying to be productive and managing a household full-time and supporting my husband as he was working outside of the home. It was a lot and it was overwhelming, but it was also what created my same days is just having that consistency in that schedule. And I love it. I love it. If you ask my husband, he knows when I'm going to be at work. He knows when I'm going to be having lunch with my kids. He knows when I'm going to be done at night. And it's perfect because then I have an expectation with them that they respect the time that I'm doing and I can walk outside my door and say hello to them. And that's okay. So there is a balance between it. I think the biggest thing is just to create a schedule that you know that you can work in and then be accountable to the fact that this is your job. This is what's putting food on the table. This is what's bringing income to you. And so you treat it just as much as anything else that you're accountable for. You're just accountable to yourself now, which is kind of fun because you can set your own schedule. Yep. Love it. And it's so funny. You have a very similar kind of business path to as Ron and I, and we don't have a cool name like First Cup to Close. And so I definitely, we want to learn a bit more about that. You've got your agency that does 
a whole bunch of stuff, social media, web management, traffic, growth, and all that fun stuff. Tell us about that side of the business and then how you kind of transition to more of the online event space. Because Ron and I, again, we have our agency that does web development and Facebook ads and social media, but then we transition to where now 90% of the stuff is all podcast related and we'll do social media, but it's still podcast related social media. So yeah, tell us about that agency, the first step to close and kind of how that transition came to be. You know, I think when you first start a business and, and new entrepreneurs probably do this, I know I did anyway, you guys might've been the same way. You're just like, I'm going to go out there and serve everybody and I can change the world and we're all going to be wonderful, which is beautiful. And that's what we need, that we need that passion inside of entrepreneurship. But at the end of the day, if you serve everybody, you serve nobody. And so um, when I started my agency, I was inside of actually a Montessori blogging realm. So my first business was actually Montessori blogging. I was teaching Montessori to my children at home. I did a lot of stuff inside of that. And I started to see that I'm not a blogger. I really am not good at it. Like I cannot create content. I'm not good at images. Like I can't see it. And I was just like, holy moly, what have I done? And, but I, what I found was a lot of people I was in the same niche, they couldn't figure out how to keep a consistent schedule. They couldn't figure out like, oh, you're supposed to plan out your blogs for like a month and years and all of this at a time. They couldn't figure out the consistency of schedule. So I moved first cup to close all came about, about being like, okay, I want to sit down with people. I'm going to sit down with entrepreneurs. And what do they do in the morning? They grab a cup of coffee and they work until the close of their day, whatever that might be, or they work until the close of the project. So first cup to close is all about, and you can see it on my site, firstcuptoclose.com is just, it should be a warm feel. Our coffee cup is our little logo. And it's just a warm, like sitting down at a coffee shop and getting stuff. And so I loved it. I loved being able to sit down with those bloggers and say, we can create a schedule. We can post consistently. We can use all these different platforms to keep you at top of mind for all the people that are trying to find you. And you can go do that creative stuff that you like to do. You can go write content. You can write whatever blog posts that there are that need to be there and do whatever crafts with your kids that you want to do. And so I kind of moved into that realm of social media organization, finally tapping into the fact that I'm really good at it. Like I can see the end picture. Somebody tells me where you want to go. The roadmap that like automatically is in my mind. And I found out that that's not for everybody. As I was working inside that a little bit more, I started to find that people love to do events. They love to do all of the things, get their creative skills out there, like teach people and and really impact the world in whatever realm that they're in. But it was hard to figure out like, what are all the steps that have to happen? So I kind of niched down just like you guys did. Like you guys are just in pod, you know, not just in podcasts, but you're in podcasts primarily. And I moved into this online event world that just made it a lot easier for me to say, hey, if you're looking for an online event, now I've niched down who I'm talking with. Now I can help you. Of course, after you get an event done, there's social media that has to happen. There's an organization. How does this fit into your business? So I kind of funneled people into this idea of an online event, like a challenge, and then moved that through to say, okay, this can consistently be in your business as a way to market out there. So now that that sounds so similar to Corey and I, because I remember when we were <laughs> like, exactly. somebody, somebody's <laughs> like, Hey, you need to like really niche down your customer to like what they do in the morning and this and that and this, and mm-hmm. like even give them a name. And I was like, everyone, why, why can't it be everybody? That makes no sense. Right. Why would I limit my potential? Right. Once we niche down, everything took off. Like it was the yeah. craziest thing. And, and if we would have, I'm stubborn. So I would have just listened earlier, it would have went faster. The other thing you said 
and, and you glossed over it and we've talked about it a ton on the show and I totally want to talk about it was you talked a little bit about your superpower, right? Mm-hmm. And you said the statement, it probably is easy for everybody, but it's not, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people get so hung up with valuing themselves or putting a price tag on something that comes easy to them because yeah. it comes easy to them. Like graphics, like it comes easy to me. So I assume Corey can do graphics because it's easy. And he's like, no, I can't. Like grammar, grammar be hard for me. So I want to pay <laughs> someone to do grammar, right? So, but I, I want to take a moment on that because I think when you're talking to your clients around their online stuff, do you have to point that out? Like, hey, this is, this is special to you and not a lot of people can do that. Like really own that. Do you have to bring that up and show them that? A lot of times I do. A lot of times I do intentionally because I've read, you know, of course I've read every book in the world and stuff like that about being an entrepreneur in the last seven years. But one of the things that always stuck in my mind was putting the right people on the bus, putting the right people in the right seat on the bus. And this is in a lot of different kinds of books. I'm sure you can bring up one at the top of your mind. But my big thing is, is that I have a certain skill set. And if you try or, or, and you have an opening in a different skill set and you try to put me in there because I seem like I would be a good personality for the business or something, I am not going to succeed. It's not beneficial to me. It's not beneficial to the business. And I want to be beneficial. Like I want to be the person that thrives in my community. So I'll intentionally tell my new clients, like I am, if you do a disc profile, I am a natural high S. I cannot not do systems. Like I'm a 95% natural S, like I have to have it. And so when people know that they don't try and put me in a place where there's a high D or a high I, and I'm, I'm just talking personality in general. I think high the biggest D, thing is- I and C. And I right? don't about that, but yeah. yeah. What I think is beautiful is when you know that you can serve your clients in a bigger way. I cannot go into a place and be a high D. I don't have it. Now a D can tell me or whatever, a visionary people go out there. I, you know, I'm an intuitive or whatever. They have these realms and they have these pictures and it's beautiful. And they tell me where they want to go. I can get you there. Absolutely know that. But if you're trying to come up with things where I have to come up with like, what does this thing look like? And how does it work together? Like, it's just, it's too abstract for my brain. So I think it does a benefit to new clients that entrepreneurs are talking with to say, these are my strengths. And I know that. And I'm completely great with working with somebody else who has a different strength because I want to compliment them. So typically, I'm always like, I am a compliment to you because of this. I'm a compliment to who you are because of this. And usually it's because I can keep a schedule. I can be consistent. I love systems. I'm going to tell you when things aren't working correctly. And I'm going to, I can't not think about it in the middle of the night to say, what if we just did this and made this better? And that's a benefit to my clients. Most of them just want to go out there and they want to create amazing content and serve the world. And I love them that they want to do that. And I want to be that support for them. So I think it is a strength definitely to even say it aloud and to know who you are and to know how you benefit other businesses and just be peaceful and working with them consistently. So good. Share, share your strengths with your clients. Like that's, you know, it's one thing to mm-hmm. kind of sell yourself, right? On a sales meeting and you know, this is why our business is amazing and why you should come work with us, right? Like it's, that's one thing, but it's another thing to, to really share the next step, right? Like they've signed on. Now you're like, okay, this is my strength and this is how we're going to benefit together to, by working together. Uh, so I love that. Great, great, uh, great question, Ron. I love the question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm fine. <laughs> <Syndrome. Syndrome. laughs> 
All right. So, so Marie, let's talk about visibility velocity. I know, I know that's your Facebook group, but just, mm-hmm. you know, Ron and I, for a long time, we talked like, we never had a, vi- a group called visibility with that, but you know, we had a podcast for a while called the visibility doctors and, and we were doing a lot of things around that kind of organic way to kind of grow your own audience. Again, you do all the online events, but, but tell us about, you know, what, are, what are some of the benefits of of truly doing some of the things that you teach and, and you know, what are, what are those things that you're teaching? Yeah. So visibility velocity is our Facebook group, totally free to get into it. I think the big thing for us inside of there is showing people how consistency is really the currency that we love people to buy into, I guess you'd say. Sometimes our clients will come, our potential clients or people in the Facebook group, they'll say, oh, I'm going to do a challenge in 2022. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to make a million dollars on it. It's just so a little outside of what I'm comfortable with. But if somebody were to say, Hey, Marie, I really want to do a challenge in four weeks. I feel like I can reach this audience. I'm looking at this kind of numbers. What do you think about it? I can give them a reality to what they can expect. And I think there's a confidence that people can go into and a consistency that they can go into if they say, okay, it's my first challenge. I have zero email lists. I don't have a social media presence. I'm going to go out and ask organically. And they get a couple, you know, I don't know, however many people they can reach to bring them into their community. And they've served these people. When they know that they show up and there's five people on the call, they should be ecstatic about it. That should be their goal. They shouldn't have this goal because there's so many numbers out there and there's so many people doing amazing courses, but they've been doing it for how long? Five, 10, 15 years? Like if you compare yourself to those people who've been doing challenges over and over and over again and have $100,000 ad spend, like it's not the same as this is your first challenge and you're going to get out there in the world and you're going to make an impact to the people that are there. So I think the biggest thing with visibility velocity for us is just that consistency, that honesty that's in there. And then being confident to just turn on the mic and make it happen. Like just do it. Like the worst that can happen is nobody shows up and then you have content that you can share out there. Like that's the whole thing we were talking about earlier is you can go out there and use that content again. And it's perfect because you've committed to yourself that you're going to be there. And then you can do it over and over and over again, really, really well. So I love visibility velocity for that reason. I love being able to help people know what they're walking into in a reality that says, you know, if you're trying to put a challenge together next week, it's probably not going to work for you right now. And that's okay. But just know that you're not going to get the show up rate that you would have had if you gave yourself three months to plan as right. we suggest you should do. So nice. No, it's it's funny you say that because we we helped a client who didn't, it was their first challenge, didn't have any of that stuff, and mm-hmm. they wanted to make a million dollars. And we're like, <laughs> how did I come up with that same scenario that happened yeah, to you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, it's so crazy you were saying that because I was laughing, but I was like, how about you expect nothing? Like just go in it with nothing, right? And and it's it's funny because we tell people, like when we help people like design a course and do stuff, we tell them the worst thing that can happen is you sell one because then you have to do it and you've only sold it once, right? right. So, so we, we, we have a very similar philosophy on that as well. All right. So you, you're talking a little bit about challenge. I want to kind of ask a little bit more about that. You sure. say three months to get things going. What's some of the like big rocks, not all the details, big rocks that people should really be aware of when they're starting this challenge 
three months. I think the biggest thing is, is that if you are going to use a challenge to sell something, or if you're going to use a challenge just to nurture a list, there's Mm. two schools of thought in that. I can see benefits of both. Usually if somebody's trying to sell something, there's a different way that you set your challenge up. And that what that is and the details of that, we could do a whole nother conversation with. But the biggest thing is, is that it's okay not to sell something on a challenge. I'm going to go ahead and offer that up to people. It's okay to get out there, be committed to yourself, nurture the audience that you have, give amazing content, practice something, put out an idea and say, hey, I was thinking about you know putting a challenge together on this topic. Are you interested? And if you get a bunch of signups, then yes, roll with it, go with it. I think that's a really big hurdle that people can't necessarily get too, because they've always seen challenges. You always get paid. You know, you're always going to pitch all of the things. So I think that's one of those big hurdles to think about. The other thing is, is that the tech is probably going to, they're going to, it's going to trip you up somehow. So practice a little bit, like it's okay. I, I don't know how many times I have sat in a zoom room by myself, pushed all the buttons, tried to figure out where my camera is. Where's my mic? What if I move this over here, recorded it all, watched myself, deleted it, and then tried it again because it's going to mess you up a little bit. When I set up my new um, computer and I have a different, you know, camera here and the lighting isn't right, like it's okay to practice through that stuff, but it's going to take you more time to do that. And it's okay to give yourself enough time to figure it out, to feel confident because when your camera's set up correctly and your lighting is good, you're going to feel more confident with it. So I think the tech is just that piece that you want to do. And then knowing that you have to email more than once for people to show up. Like if you email out and you're like, join me, and then that's the last time they hear from you, more than likely your show up rate is going to be kind of low. So remember that you want to email them and it's okay to email somebody five or six times to say, Hey, I'm doing a thing. Would you like to join me? People are busy. I always assume that everybody's inbox is just insane and they don't see it. It's not that they want to ignore you. They just don't see it. So be that person who's going to go and say, Hey, by the way, I'm doing a thing. I'd love to see you there because people, what they open what one in five emails, maybe. So if you email somebody six times, great, you got to them. If you don't have that knowledge in your brain and you're worried about going out there over and over again, if it's your first challenge, you might not know that. So I just think some of those hiccups there come up a lot of times when we're talking to people who are brand new to the online event world. And they're like, I'm going to go and do a challenge. And I think it's just important to just let you know that that's a thing and it's okay. And and be confident in yourself to say, I have something really powerful and I'd love people to join me and see me there. So love it. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Hindsight hacking. Our goal is to hack your hindsight to allow our audience a little bit better foresight in the future with things that you, that you've been doing. And so thinking about this in regards to online events, you just talked about nurturing or not, it's really more than that. You talked about getting in front of them at least six times, five times for an email list. But so thinking about in hindsight, any events that you've ran both either for yourself or for clients, what's been the ones that have had the most success and why? And so, and again, it's it's not necessarily, I know each one's different. They have different goals. It might be their first challenge where they want a million dollars, or it might be their 10th challenge where a million dollars is achievable. But you know, thinking of in regards to the whole body, what's what's been the kind of that that secret sauce, that special thing that has really set some people apart from others? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that over the course of helping others do challenges, we've seen a lot. Um, we've seen a lot of different people having different topics. They're going for different audiences, and every single one of them always comes up with the same sort of hurdle that we have to like remind them about. 
And it's almost always their email marketing system. They're focused on what they're going to train. They're focused on how they're going to show up live. And they forget about that consistency that they can set up and schedule ahead of time to have those emails go out all of the time and then set up an abandoned cart series sequence. That's kind of like this next level option. But if you just look and figure out how to do an abandoned cart, when people click on a link and they don't register and you can already have them go in have an email that says, Hey, I saw you wanted to join me, but I didn't get all your information. Like something really good for your brand. Um, It helps people stay top of mind. It helps people go and be that person that is that resource to the people that they're trying to reach out to. But the biggest thing is, is it takes a lot of pressure off of the host. If they've set all that stuff up in advance, a lot of times our clients are saying, Hey, email is not our thing. Social media is not our thing. I just want to go out and teach. So that's where like first cup to close jumps in and they say, okay, no problem. Let us handle the event and cart sequence. Let us handle all the tags. Let us handle the segmenting because the people that are coming in, they want to know that they're in the right place. And that's the biggest thing that almost always happens is that abandoned cart sequence and the whole email funnel is just not set up correctly. And then people miss out on something important because they were probably excited about it, but they just missed it because they didn't get an email the right way. So I hope that helps a little bit maybe, but I think it's really powerful to have that all set up correctly. And I think about our challenge that we did, Ron, last year and (laughs) what was missing. What was missing? We we did great training. We did great social media stuff. Email. 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 <laughs> there was a, I can do like thing. six things. We're all good. We're all good. But I was laughing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So I know I know people are loving the interview and loving what we're talking about. It, yeah. What are you what are you currently working on right now that people need to know? So after doing this like marathon of a whole bunch of different events throughout um, the last year. My team and I have stepped down just a little bit from taking on new clients in order to increase our processes and our SOPs. So first cup to close is all about creating something that you can do over and over and over again. We did a whole bunch of stuff at one time, learned a whole bunch of lessons. But now what we're doing is we're creating something that our new clients can come into, they can be confident in. How we support them is really, really helpful because they get enough reminders about things. They are getting the support that they need. They know that if they're doing a summit or they're doing a giveaway, their contributors are being supported. And it's just increasing that that whole process to make sure that there's no stones left unturned, I guess. And it takes a lot. You have to go out there just like everything else that we teach. Like If I were to tell a client, go out there, do a challenge, see how it goes, do it better next time. We did the exact same thing in the business. So. We're working on increasing that. We're working on creating a whole process that we can hand to somebody else if they don't want to pay for a done-for-you service like First Cup to Close does. And they can do it on their own and they can feel confident in that, that everything's organized. They know the checklist that they need to do. They feel supported. I do a ton of Loom videos for everybody. I'm like, walk me around everything because I don't want to be that person that hands a checklist to somebody and be like, oh, you have to do 500 things. Good luck. Right. Like, that's just not who I am. So... I'm creating a new program around that and being able to support people as they move through their next visibility goals in 2022, I hope. And so it's just great. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So I have one one final question for Mary. And we've focused or we've had a lot of conversation around challenges and Mm -hmm. and that whole visibility visibility aspect. So I want to talk about summits for a second. Ron and I, we have this philosophy after watching and being involved in several summits where you go, you watch a host of a summit 
and they interview 20 people or they interview 30 people or however many it is. And it's, they become this amazing interviewer and then they pitch their audience, but they've never actually done any of the training themselves within that whole summit. And to me and Ron, we've always felt like that's the disservice they've done for themselves. Like if I'm in the audience, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the person that's training, not the person that's interviewing. Uh, So what's your philosophy when you talk to your clients about hosting a summit in regards to, you know, training and doing all that whole thing? Yeah. So I have, a. I guess I'm kind of with where you guys are. My philosophy is usually hosts that are doing summits. They're there to network mostly with the speakers. We're there. The speakers are our clients at that point, right? Those speakers are supposed to be in the best light possible. And so a lot of times we're trying to, we do this like little pre, it was just like a stalking situation, but we go and look and see what they're doing. Like what programs did they just launch? Did they just do a book? Did they do something? And so we try to tailor the questions, although summits usually have a consistent flow. We have a theme. But if, if I'm going to talk with you guys and I'm like, oh, you just did an amazing podcast last week on this, that, and the other, I'd love to know what you heard here and there and whatever, you know, like I can bring that in and show how you guys are beneficial to the entire audience without it being such a flat comment and saying, oh, by the way, and then I'm going to sell you something. So I, I'm glad that you guys are in the same realm. And I do a lot with having, okay, what's the current social media that they have? What can we link to? Do they have a book we can do? Are they starting their own challenge that we can support them? Because if they're in a summit, more than likely that conversation has happened between host and speaker to say, how can we support you in the future? And so it's just beneficial to the overall niche that you're in, if you can support each other. I am all about like, there are plenty of people out there in the world and nobody is in competition with me because I have a very unique way of doing things. So I'm going to be glad to support your course. I'm going to be glad to support your your upcoming book. I'm going to be glad to support something that you're doing for free because it's going to benefit the audience as a whole. So I think you guys are in the same realm, which is really exciting. And to know that having that abundance feeling inside of your business allows you to be really honest and open with the audience and say, you know, this person is amazing and you need to go check them out. And I'm going to support them however they are, how, whatever they're doing, because it's just, I wouldn't have had them on here if I didn't. Like, why would I have this person here if I didn't really already love them? So I hope that answers your question a little bit. That was, that was actually perfect. And I know people are like, oh my gosh, I love it. How do they get connected with you to get into your world? Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about Visibility Velocity. It's our Facebook group. It's something that I love supporting and nurturing because I get to go in there every single, I say every single week, and I try to be as consistent as possible there, but just training on the new things that are happening. Almost every week, I am looking at a trend that's happening. I'm looking at a struggle that one of my clients is having, and then I train on it. And then I usually have some kind of, hey, by the way, don't forget to do this, or I'm huge on Trello. I love some organization on Trello. So I'll create a whole Trello board and say, hey, this is how you're going to make this happen for yourself. And so visibility velocity is definitely the best way to get a hold of me and to join a free community of other people who are looking to get out there in the world when inside of challenges, summits, or giveaways. So very good. Thank you so much for being here, being awesome. And uh, yeah, can't wait to can't wait to see what else is in store for Marie and first cup to close in the future. Thank you. All right, Ron, what's going on? Another opportunity to talk about visibility, uh, but more specifically to online events. So I know you and I, we stopped the recording. We were able to talk to Marie more 
And uh, I could see a, a partnership there in the future. But uh, first of all, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we've got to have a takeaway or two, as I'm sure you've got them. Two, two. All right. Know your strength. Have the right people surrounding you, right? Like we've said that multiple times. She touched on it today. Super, super important to know what you're good at and where you need help and the people that you need to bring on board to help you do that. That's one. The other one is reuse your content. Reuse it. Calendar, record, reuse. That easy. Yes, definitely. And and to add on to uh, what I loved about that, sharing the strengths, like knowing your strengths, right? Uh, I loved how she shares the strengths with clients. Like she, like you know graphics and and we've had this conversation with clients, like graphics, great, grammar be hard, right? Grammar be hard. And I love that. And, but, and so it's just a reminder, like just, just share your strengths, share, they came on board with you. So share with it to move forward. But more importantly, something we teach and talk about with everyone with any kind of podcast or growth that they want, consistency is key. So be consistent with where you want to be, find it, then figure out a way to get consistent and then take the action. But uh, consistency is key to growth. And uh, I love that Marie, you know, talked about it. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. We will talk to you again soon. Bye guys. Did you know that Hindsight Hacking Media Agency, we do all things podcasts from launch. If you're already doing 10,000 downloads in a week, we handle everything. All you have to do, record it and forget it. Guys, if you're launching a podcast, get with these guys. I could not honestly hit the charts without them. I'm not getting paid for this, but working with both of you, the professionalism and the system that you guys had to launch the podcast, you guys killed it. We want to help the impactors create an impact by just letting you be you and not worry about all this other crazy stuff. Connect with us. All the links will be in the show notes. See you next time. Go create an impact.